Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Hey, everybody, this is Tom Salami. Welcome back to the Breaking Health Podcast. Well, we had a great Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. We had 300 people gathered at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Boston. Uh, so much to talk about, and uh, I want you to see it all. In fact, you can currently see it all on Twitter. For the first time, we did live tweeting. So if you go on Twitter, go to at D-H-I-S Summit, uh, just one S, Summit. And uh, you can check out the pinned tweet. That is the uh, the first of three different uh, tweets that have live broadcasting links. So uh, do check it out if you want to have some great listening. The first one will have uh, reports from Andy Slavitt and uh, Sam Baker of Axios. After lunch, the second one will have a uh, discussion between Christy Farr of CNBC and Bob Sheehy of Bright Health, among other discussions, of course. And the third and final, we'll have uh, Chrissy Farr's telehealth panel and a presentation by Simon Koss of Microsoft. So, so much to do, so much to see. So I hope you take a few uh, hours, eight or so perhaps, <laughs> to, uh, to check in what we did at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit on Thursday in Boston. It was really, really a great day. To, uh, to help wrap things up, if you don't have eight hours at the moment, Please enjoy this podcast. I talked with our co-chairs, Robin Mittendorf of Norwest and Bill Geary of Flair Capital Partners. Uh, we recapped uh, some of what I just talked about and uh, some other programs as well. So uh, it was wonderful to work with uh, with those two gentlemen and our advisory board and our speakers. And of course, it was great to see uh, all of those attendees who came to the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Boston. So um, I hope you uh, enjoy this podcast. I hope you get to catch the live uh, feed on Twitter, and we'll also have some other content uh, coming down the pike. So please enjoy this discussion with Robert Mittendorf and Bill Geary. This is Tom Salemi. We're here at the end of the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. It's always a happy time to have the the day behind us. A lot of hard work went into it. Thank you to our co-chairs, Robert Mittendorf from Norwest and Bill Geary of Flair. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So this is a fun time where we can look at all the, the fruits of our labor and look back and see uh, see what we're really what lessons we're walking away from. So I think I'll, you can follow up on this. But if we were use Twitter as a measure, I think Sam Baker's presentation might score some of the highest marks because some of his, his graphics were extraordinary and they were really widely shared. Uh, Robert, why don't you start with that? What was your takeaway from Sam's opening? You know, I think Sam had a great opening. I think he's, he did a great overview of the market. We, we kind of reviewed all of the challenges we have out there, but I think what was calming about him was that he said, look, for the time being, politics shouldn't affect us too much, which I was happy to hear <laughs> from a guy who's in Washington a lot. Yeah, I, I love the way Sam kicked it off, and, and I think his daily publication is so well-read. He's admired. He's data-driven. Uh, and I thought it just came across, and it was a fabulous way to start to start the day. For sure. Very nice man, too, I have to say. It's nice to have him around. He spent most of the day here. Andy Slavitt, I mean, I think I could just listen to Andy. him talk for, for eight <laughs> hours. I mean... Uh, Bill, why don't you lead this one off? Well, Andy is just uh, the best. I mean, his perspective is so unique, having run Medicare and Medicaid, now in the venture business, United Health before that. Uh, he is uh, terrific. And some people, I think, thought that was maybe sobering, some of his remarks. Uh, but I actually think it was amazingly insightful 
to follow the problem in healthcare, right. and that's where the opportunities are. Don't kind of follow the payment stream and the money today. Follow the problems, and um, and I think it it's a powerful roadmap. And so to kind of kick off the day with that framework of Sam, complemented by Andy, um, puts every other every other panel, every other session really in perspective. I, I thought he was fantastic. And Robert, you're you're a physician. You're still practicing. I mean, you must come up upon that a lot. The, the op, you focus on the problem, you actually see that the healthcare that needs to be improved. What was uh, what, did, what did Andy's message say to you? Well, I think Andy reminds us, especially now that he's an investor, that the the real challenge challenges may not be the things we are investing in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, you know, a third of, uh, you know, two-thirds of our expenses in specialty care versus a third in other countries, that's still a challenge, and it's moderated by primary care doctors. It's, it's improved with preventative medicine, which we're not as good at. And I think those kinds of ideas, along with the social determinants of care, which are challenges to invest in, um, are important to recognize as the real kind of drivers of why we have cost issues here. So as a physician, I have seen that. Um, the challenge is linking those problems to investable theses. And that's what I'm, I'm excited to watch him invest now because th- I think he has a unique perspective and may be able to tie things together and, and uh, find some areas that are good invest- investments that solve these problems. That's a great point. I mean, do you see him, the juicy town hall, investing in deals that maybe you wouldn't see initially and maybe it'll cause you to say, oh, that's an interesting approach or it's a new idea or it's a different area of the country we haven't heard about. Do you expect them to do something a little bit out of the box? I mean, in, in their first seven investments, we're co-invested with them in three mm-hmm. of those seven. And so I, I think the reality is, as we all know, you know, for me, it's all about novel ways to take on clinical and financial risk. So novel risk-bearing entities or the solutions that power those novel risk-bearing entities and legacy risk-bearing entities. And so I I think that's a lot of what Andy was kind of framing was uh, ways to segment complex populations who are in need, who are underserved, uh, where healthcare is not accessible, not affordable. And the reality is there are solutions for Mm -hmm. those population segments, those fellow friends, U.S. citizens of ours, uh, and a number of our companies are going after those, including analytic solutions providers as well as risk-bearing entities. Good point. I also think, Tom, another set of points you brought up are extrinsic drivers of challenges that we have to deal with as investors, which are, one, income disparity since the 1980s, and education. And although we're the recipients of those challenges, I think we may not have the ability to directly influence them. Recognizing them and, and how they will continue to be, to be developing over the next couple of years is important. Great. What, what I really love about this conference, because it's so fast-moving, you go to other, other sectors and, and the technology and the businesses develop more slowly. Here we have uh, we had a digital therapeutics panel, which we've had in the past. We have a, we'll talk about uh, the uh, telemedicine, the telehealth panel or discussion, which we've talked about in the past. But every time we hit upon these subjects, it's a different conversation than we had the year before. Uh, talk a bit about the digital therapeutics panel first. What, what was the, your takeaway this year? I mean, there's, there's a lot of movement there. Well, I think there are a couple of things. One that I think is stunning is that the progress in the last couple of years in the digital therapeutics area is profound. Mm-hmm. And so when people really didn't understand, is this a category, is it a segment, how will these solutions be priced, is it, is it real, will a doctor prescribe you know, a piece of software or a digital therapeutic experience complementing um, you know, uh, a pill or instead of a pill, uh, and it seemed awfully far-fetched two years ago. Today, it's, incre- it's real. It's happening today, and there were two market-leading companies plus plus a startup, uh, and so 
I think that's just emblematic of the rate and pace of change in this industry, uh, where in the last couple of years, digital therapeutics just puts an exclamation point on how much has changed from when we explored the topic just 24 months ago. Mm -hmm. and, and in telehealth, uh, yeah. we're actually at a point now where they say, you know, we don't even know if we want to be called telehealth anymore. We just want to be healthcare. Healthcare, exactly. I think you're seeing telehealth um, with Chrissy's interview with uh, um, two, two leaders in the space. I think you're seeing telehealth kind of be embraced both in the acute care setting and the outpatient setting and then in kind of direct consumer areas that don't even involve any types of bricks and mortar providers. So I think um, we're definitely seeing it being used um, across the board. I think we're seeing outcomes that are coming out of telehealth uh, that are unique. We're seeing patients get uh, get better, get better follow-up, uh, get better um, triaging with telehealth than I, I think originally imagined. So. There's a lot to go over, but the telehealth conversation got me thinking about Simon Costa's presentation from Microsoft. He had a very moving presentation about child's life was saved by their Surface device. Uh, that was a great addition, I think, to the day. Yeah, I think it was a great way to bring together kind of a lot of the initiatives, technologies that we touched on during the course of the day. And, and again, people don't customarily think of Microsoft yeah. as being a leader in this area necessarily or even having a chief medical officer. So I think it was great. We all talk about Google, Amazon, Apple, and others. Uh, but I think it was great to have him uh, kind of somewhat wrap up the day through the, through the lens of Microsoft. I think it's pretty powerful. I think he also mentioned, Tom, a diagnostic that the FDA has approved mm -hmm. or cleared that obviously need for a physician to be in the loop to do... Um, analysis of, of the eye. And I think um, back to the, to the digital therapeutics channel now, uh, or uh, panel, I think since Bill and I have been working in, with you guys on this conference, we've seen a digital therapeutic or a digital diagnostic in that case get approved. We've also seen the FDA change how they're evaluating these innovations right. in a mere four years. Yep. So this is moving very fast, even though we think every year is another year. Um, we have the FDA heavily involved, and in a very positive way for the space, defining how we can get these innovations to market. Great. And, and remember, too, it's a, it is about cost and complexity. Sam Baker, you know, spelled that out pretty yep. clearly. But, but we can't forget that we're not, we're not, as an industry, we're not adding cost to the healthcare system. We're capping them or reducing them while improving outcomes. And I think that came through in all of our sessions today. That's great. And, and I should say, this was the first time we, we, we showed the whole show live on, uh, on Twitter. You were a very big proponent of that. And uh, I think it added a lot to the session. To be, for me, I was able to watch, do some work in the back, and keep an eye on things. But uh, it's, uh, it's just, for anyone who's listening, you can catch some of this on Twitter. And we'll obviously send the content as, as well uh, via our social media channels. So what do we think are the issues that we're going to be talking about or the, maybe the new introductions this year that we'll be talking about year after year? I think the, uh, your colleague Dan's panel about risk-bearing care models is probably one that uh, we'll be talking about again in the future. I, I think so, too. Um, and maybe some investors are, are a little bit wary about how to fund those companies. Uh, what does it mean? Can you show the kind of outcomes at lower costs? Um, but the reality is that's where the opportunity is for all of us, and whether it's Iora Health on the one hand, uh, who was on that panel, uh, that, that interview with Chrissy Farr or on Dan's panel, uh, these are the models that are fundamentally going to show cost reductions in the highest need populations. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I thought that panel was packed with great talent, really interesting perspectives. And we had some great conversations, some interviews with Bert Zimmerly, who will be the first mm -hmm. guest on our new Healthcare is Hard podcast, a little pitch for Healthogy right there. Uh, and we also had Chrissy Farr's conversation with, with, with Bob. We haven't talked about Bright Health at all, and that was one of our uh, highlights. So 
uh, I think those conversations both were really, really enlightening. Away from, I think from so, too. So you talk about Bright Health because I talk about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think there's another one, the consumer as payer uh, panel, Tom. But I think I think yes. Bright Health, I think it's always uh, instructive to listen to Bob because he has such experience and depth of knowledge in the space. Um, they've achieved so much at, uh, at Bright in the last couple of years. It's exciting to see them enabling providers take on risk and and really improve uh, patient engagement. So I'm very bullish on that company and, and, and his leadership, and I thought the interview was a, a really good kind of summary of his general views of the space as well as his own background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll talk about your panel, which I thought was fantastic with regard to patient financial responsibility. I mean, here we are in this world of, of, of rising high-deductible plans, the burden being shifted to the consumer, the patient, the member, but being shifted to each of us, you know, for our own healthcare costs and people making decisions not to pursue care because of the cost, being surprised by large bills and being, you know, a high percentage of their income. And so that isn't just a one-off happenstance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's now, unfortunately, a major part of our healthcare system, which has to be solved. And so uh, Robert brought to bear, I think, the two leaders in that space, Visit Pay and Cedar. Uh, and really exposed uh, the opportunity in the market there, but as well as their solutions uh, for solving this. And, and, and it's a really exciting space from my point of view. So the Sam Baker's uh, slide about the deductibles on the rise, is that like part I, of your PowerPoint presentation? For I, I think, I mean, Bill and I are <laughs> co-investors in VisitPay. I think, sure. I think that the theme um, that's been, you know, probably a decade in the making is the rising cost to consumers with high deductibles and, and premiums in rel- a relatively flat um, income, uh, you know, growth base. I think consumers are, are having to deal with that as well as appraising their providers in a different way now that the bill is, you know, two or three times as large. So I think there's a huge opportunity there that those companies are going after that I think will really uh, positively affect not only the health the patient financial health, but also the, the clinical health of these patients. Patients don't undergo care that, that they, they should be getting because it's too costly. Um, they can end up being bankrupt, as we talked about in the panel, um, which obviously isn't good for your health either. So big problem, not a clinical problem directly, but one that will affect the patient clinically ultimately. And going back to the beginning, I think that was a poignant point that Andy Slavin made when he was talking to, the, I think it was the former prime minister of Australia who just couldn't get, right. how do you let your, your citizens live in a constant, basically constant fear. So Right. And when, when the primary call to the American, I think he said cancer society, yes. uh, right. is I cannot afford to have cancer. What a statement. Yeah, what a yeah. statement. Yeah. So. Excellent. Well, there, there's so much more to cover, but I, I, I'm really grateful you guys were able to get it all up on stage, and, and I think the crowd really appreciated it as well. Always a pleasure. It was really fun. Thanks great, again, great. Tom, for having us. Yeah, thanks, Tom. And to Health G. All right, well, that is a wrap. Thanks again to everyone who helped Put together the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. Includes all of my colleagues at Healthogy who worked extremely hard in putting the program together. Our co-chairs, our advisory board, our speakers, our panelists, everyone who uh, made the trip to Boston to make it such a great day. We're, we're very, very grateful to have you as part of DHIS. Thank you, Breaking Health Podcast listeners, for uh, joining us today. I hope you were able to make the summit. If not, I hope you will enjoy the live feed on Twitter and the future content coming down the pike. Please do uh, plan on joining us next year. I don't have a date for you yet, but uh, whatever date it is, it'll be a great day. I assure you we've had, uh, it's a terrific event, one of my favorites. And uh, I know you, uh, if you haven't attended it yet, you'll uh, quickly adopt it as one of your favorites as well. That's all, folks. Don't forget to help the podcast out. Do subscribe. Do tell your friends. 
do tune in next week. Our host, Steve Krupa, will be back with an innovative company targeting the renal care space. And uh, it's a great uh, conversation with a CEO who is new to healthcare. So, again, tune in next week for another great tale of innovation on the Breaking Health Podcast.